back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is On the Block here on a Thursday for you. Again, usually this would be Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer of Myers Cork and Bottle, but he's uh, uh, busy today. So uh, we will not, uh, we'll do that next week. We'll get back to it uh, with uh, Myers Cork and Bottle. But for now, we can talk a little bit more sports. Uh, And I wanted to get into the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, you're defending Super Bowl champions. People are getting quite frustrated with the Rams this offseason because they seem to have all the money in the world. Isn't there supposed to be a salary cap? in the NFL. Uh, They've been able to extend quarterback Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, of course, one of the best defensive players of all time, and uh, Cooper Cup now is the latest to all get extensions for more than $25 million per year. And uh, so people are wondering about that salary cap. Uh, And it's kind of interesting. um, If you you listen to the Pat McAfee show yesterday, he's really been on this. He's been frustrated by... um, by the Rams being able to seemingly finesse the salary cap. Um, they had Andrew Brandt on, who's the former vice president of player finance and general counsel of the Packers, uh, and basically said the way that the Rams are doing this is a cash over cap type of idea where they're just paying out a lot of cash up front. So the, the cash rich owners um, are able to pay up front. The salary cap management is basically um, just an accounting problem. And then, then there's a bunch of tricks and loopholes you can do. And that was what the Rams are doing. We were told that they, you know, we we're kind of thinking or based on looking at their situation that they put all their chips into last year. And that was their big uh, attempt because they were going to be able to play at SoFi Stadium. And ultimately, it worked. They win the championship. And you thought, well, I wonder if they're going to be able to stick together for too much longer. Um, they've nailed everybody down. Jalen Ramsey uh, <laughs> among them. It looks like the Los Angeles Rams are going to be here to stay. Uh, Strick, do you think that, that there's a potential dynasty there? Obviously, they've been to the Super Bowl now with Goff and Stafford and, uh, and won this past one. Do you think that they could win another one in the next couple of years with this group together? Strick, we can't hear you right now. So we're working on uh, working on hearing you here. I think you might have muted me at the at the half. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, what what I think what you're saying is right. So there is there's there's some truth to that, but it's not fully that. I mean, they're really good. They're really school. They're really really one of the first teams. And few teams that are, are very good at manipulating the salary cap, right? Which is making these these uh, uh, the money kind of just pop out out of nowhere, right? One of the things that they're doing is actually using what they call voided contracts, which creates dead money, right? So in essence, there's extra years added on. They dead the money. So like they did with Aaron Donald, they created dead money and voided contracts. So it doesn't even look as if he's playing on the team. And if he chooses to play, then there's a restructuring that's done. So therefore, he's only hit on the last year of his contract at a $24 million clip, right? So they void two years in that, which enables them to to save like $2.75 million on the early upfront hit from the adjustment in this contract. They did something similar with um um bobby wagner and and this is why i say they use what you said and then they're also 
part of what they used on what you said is with the Stafford contract. They pretty much loaded it all into the bonuses. They backload capped it. So in 2023, his cap number would be about 20 million. And then, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, it'll rise from 20 million in 2023 to 50 million on the final three years of his contract. So therefore, that's how they manipulated his. But they did Bobby Wagner's a little bit differently. And then they didn't use voided contracts like they used for Aaron Donald. They used that for Sam, uh, uh, Aaron Dof- Donald, and they used it for Robinson um, as well. Uh, but with, with him, with Wagner, they used a different method. They gave him a five-year pack worth $50 million, but there's only $10 million of it fully guaranteed. So his salary for 2023 is like around $7.5 million. But it doesn't become guaranteed until next March. So in essence, what it's looking like, it's going to be either he's going to make, because right now he's only showing a cap hit of $2.5 million for 2022. He's getting a salary in 2023 of 7.5. So either way, he's getting a $10 million deal, right? Either it's going to be $10 million for one year, or if they take up and they want to extend him, it'll then become a $7.5 million deal. So that's why it's kind of, it, it, it's it's weird on how they're doing it, but they're freaking geniuses on how they're manipulating the cap right now. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems to be, you know, the Bobby Wagner thing certainly drew people's eyes. And then the last week, um, you know, extending Aaron Donald to being the high. I mean, because these, these are not small numbers either. I mean, Aaron Donald's like the biggest non-quarterback contract um, for anybody. And then all of a sudden, you know, just yesterday, Cooper Cup's the non, you know, as far as offensively going on the other side, the highest paid non-offensive player that's not a quarterback. So, I mean, they are definitely rewarding um, their players for what they've done. I still think that there's enough of, you know, in, in regardless, and in, in, in just, again, a great job in the front office. Um, it might uh, might come back to bite them, I suppose, in the end, if they need to get rid of any of these guys. I understand that that might be um, where it would hurt you. Um, but I, you don't think that they're necessarily, because when you, when you sign somebody to a contract, you want to pay for what they're going to do, not what they've done. These guys obviously got together, won the Super Bowl. Do you think that they're doing too much into that or do you think that they're all still young in their prime and it's a good uh, building block moving forward uh, i'm a little um, i think Stafford's situation is risky if he doesn't have the weapons um i think cooper cups is one to watch um because i think he's still a tremendous receiver i just don't know how many more years at that level he has right um I think Aaron Donald is a guy that you just do it on the Jordan rules. Like, you know, at the end of his job time, you just make him that guy. You take that risk. He's been very durable. You see what his resume is. You know that he's played as many games as he's played and he hasn't had as normal people at his position or on the front lines have when you have your drop-offs after a certain amount of time, i.e. your Albert Hainsworth types. You know what I mean? that you they get that big bag late in their career and they fall off the map. You haven't had that fall off. I mean, Aaron Donald still had over, over 70 plus tackles with, um, you know, 12.5 sacks and he's over 30, you know, lower 30, but still over 30. So you, you know, you take that risk, but also that's why they voided those contracts 
because even if he determines, as he said, really, he's really going to play another few years, two, three years at most. Even at the end of that part, if he decides not to, you got it voided to where you can stretch it out and you don't have to pay it. And it doesn't hit you on your salary cap for still taking care of the guy that helped you to, to get that, that that big one. Yeah, I, and I can't remember now that the, the Major League Baseball player that had like a 20-year deal like after his uh, – after he basically retired, where he's getting paid, you know, year in and year out. CC Sabathia. Uh, I mean, I think he was one of them too. Um, but there was a, there was one that was every every day. It was uh, it was basically his day. I'd have to look it up. I, the name escapes me right now. Um, but it's just kind of funny how they can um, manipulate those contracts and do things differently in the salary cap. At least Andrew Brand again was saying um, that it's different than in what they do in uh, in. In, in the NBA, you know, it's more difficult to kind of get around those loopholes, but the NFL makes it a little more attainable. And of course, Major League Baseball um, has no salary cap. So, you know, <laughs> it makes it a little bit more easy for them too for their cash rich owners. Uh, don't have to worry too much of it. Uh, speaking of owners, uh, it's interesting today. Um, LeBron James, who obviously we haven't heard of too much of lately because he's not um, uh, playing in the NBA playoffs, but he is. Uh, it was in the news for recently um, having his, his value uh, north of $1 billion now as Forbes uh, kind of made that evaluation the other day. And now talking on the, his, one of his, his talk shows, The Shop, uh, he's always said that he wanted uh, to own an NBA team. He is a partial owner of the Boston Red Sox uh, and uh, of Liverpool FC uh, for soccer. Um, but he obviously his, his love is probably b- basketball. Uh, interestingly enough, he said he wants a team in Vegas and there's been movement toward adding a team in Vegas and Seattle um, would probably be the additions, but more teams in the NBA. We've talked extensively about our concerns with Vegas and it's basically played out with the Raiders. Just a lot of distraction, a lot of opportunity um, for things to go wrong. What do you think about an NBA team in Vegas? Much less what I mean. I mean to add to that, what do you think about an NBA team owned by LeBron James in Vegas? I already, you know, personally, just think there's a lot of corruption that can, you know, happen in there in Vegas. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, it's any city, so I'm not going to sit here and act like it's not something that can right. happen in any of the other cities that are out there. Um, I'm with it. Go with it. I mean, I, I really, there's not much on my plate that I can do to fight it. Go with it. You yeah. know, LeBron, oh, kudos to him. You know what I'm saying? That he he built his brand. He did it the way he wanted to do it. He's jumped off into everything, got over to LA, got into movies, got into other stuff, uh, still in the entertainment field in some form or fashion, preparing for his, his days off and time elsewhere doing and following the models that uh, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and you know some of the best to do it in their games your Alex Rodriguez and your Derek Jeters and uh, others as well you even got Patrick Mahomes while playing still you know he owns uh, a piece of I think the Kansas City Royals it's they're crossbreeding it looks like and so hey kudos to them go with it if you feel that that could be the case I, I I think people will like it. I still find it pretty scary that if they keep playing, you know, with politics in in the area, they're going to put themselves in trouble in negotiations for their next uh, media rights deal. 
And I think that's just something you better monitor and keep keep an eye on. Yeah, we'll see about that. I I, I know that with LeBron too, it's it's naturally every time LeBron, you know, you kind of think about moving on to that next level is the competition with MJ, who hasn't done well um, as an owner, not all the all that well with with Charlotte so far. Um, but Lamella Balls, you know, he's got a good young young cast of characters now. We'll see if they can uh, kind of turn the corner here as it goes. But I think I I mean I personally uh, would just love it. I mean I think that's really. Cool. Cool. I'd, I'd known for a while that he wanted to own an NBA team at one time. So you kind of think, well, would it, I, I naturally think Cleveland, you know, that he'd buy into to Cleveland. But a new team in to open up with LeBron as partial owner or a figurehead uh, in Vegas. Um, I don't know how it gets much better than that. And that, that was part of the the the, the Vegas Raiders um whole thing is it's very cool because it just you know those brands work so well together um and so i you know I, i'd be fascinated to see kind of what they do um with with that i'd be fascinating to see if it elevates unlv the running rebels back to where they were back mm-hmm. in the day because uh, i could see something like that playing out too um so i can't wait to see it and uh we'll kind of see how it goes but if they do bring back in a, a team in seattle obviously it has to be the supersonics and i don't care if and, and then go ahead and, and hang up uh, sean Kemp and gary payton's jerseys while you're at it i don't care if you're officially a different organization yeah. um but uh we want the original supersonics back so um that's gonna be the yeah. deal there uh the other uh, oh, off the text line, I want to thank everybody for helping me out because I couldn't think of his name, but Bobby Bonilla uh, is the uh, is the former baseball oh, player. Yeah. Um, looking at CBS Sports uh, right now, it says uh, the New York Mets have paid Bonilla a touch more than $1.19 million, uh, each July 1st since 2011. So Bobby Bonilla is coming up around the corner. They will continue doing so until 2035. Um, so that's Ooh. a good way for him to make sure he's not uh, Great blowing retirement. his money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can't live off $1 million, a year. five a year, if you can't live off of that in retirement for the rest of your life, then, hey, something wrong. It is interesting, though, because, you, you know, obviously – one million is great for everybody, but you know, two and three is better than that, and four million. You know, so there's a lot of money yeah. still owed to him that he's not getting now. I wonder if he gets a little bit frustrated at times, or if he likes the deal that he represented. You know, he got for himself to kind of make sure that he would stay on the pace. So I, I think that's kind of cool. Thanks again yeah. to everybody on the text line uh, for reminding me of the name. I just uh, I did actually watch Benia play, um, so that's why I always forget his name. But uh, I'm a little young for that. But in any case. Um, it's it, yeah, it, it's 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 cool. I mean, nobody would nobody would hate getting a million dollars a year. A good no. contract signed there. Uh, let's take a quick break here on the block, and uh, it is time for shootout with Strick. Your chance to win fifteen dollars to Buffalo Wings and Rings here if you can beat Strick in a shootout. And uh, there are no advantages in this game for anybody, especially today. I just have Husker home states, uh, so I'm going to name a Husker. You tell me whether from. The state I named first, the state I named second, and then there's a money ball at the end worth two points, uh, which would just be like, where is, oh, I don't know, Luke Reimer from? And you'd say Nebraska, you get two points there. So uh, we'll do that with Strict, and we'll do that with our caller in. See who wins the $15 of Buffalo Wings. Once again, uh, give us a call, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, for your chance for $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Coming up next, it's Shootout with Strict. <laughs> 